Um, Scott Bass, we want to keep everybody healthy and well this holiday season. And the best, easiest way to do it with a 60-day money-back guarantee is athleticgreens.com slash surf. Probably the simplest sort of self-help go into the new year um, addition or change to your lifestyle would be Athletic Greens. Uh, it's a wonderful drink that I take daily. Um, easy to deal with, tastes great, pound it down, love it, have it with my breakfast. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. Simplicity, efficiency, ease, convenience are all things that I need. And <laughs> they really, they really nail it. Cause without that, I'm not really going to follow through with the discipline <laughs> that a lot of other people have. That's and why so I was I, laughing. I was just like, it's the perfect sloth food, you know? It is. And I don't mean sloth the bear. I mean sloth the lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, uh, whole body nutrition, obviously. And uh, it's just a scoop of powder, mix it with eight ounces of water. They'll ship you a pouch of the powder every month to your door. So you don't even have to remember to shop for it or purchase or anything like that. So go through our portal. It supports us and it supports your whole body vitality, athleticgreens.com slash surf. And then realwatersports.com is also with us today. Oh, yeah. Our good friends at Real Water Sports. And uh, they, hey, look, let's keep it all about us. They were kind enough to send us a little gift package of Real Water Sports gear. I'm excited to uh, receive that. And that's nice. A trip and the crew over there. Look, all things surf, hard goods, soft goods. This is the season that you're going, what do I get, David Lee Scales and Scott Bass? And the answer is you type in realwatersports.com. Pick out anything you want and send it to those that you love that uh, love riding waves. Uh, when Trip asked us for our sizes, I figure, you know, we're going to get a T-shirt, maybe a pair of board shorts or something like that. And then they posted on Instagram what was going into the package. It is an entirely new wardrobe. <laughs> did you Beautiful. see it? I did. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. Super psyched. It's like it's a ton of clothing. So I'm going to have to purge and uh, make room for it all. But yeah, thank you so much team over there. And of course, check out that under the glass series where they're profiling surfboards with Brett Barley being the pro surfer who's riding them. Uh, real deep dive into not only board design, but construction, the type of waves that each board is for. Um, they've always done those surfboard kind of tutorial breakdowns, but to have a professional surfer actually ride the boards in a variety of waves, not just great waves in Hawaii or something like that, um, is I think a really helpful element to the video series. So yeah, absolutely. Real water sports, check them out. As we see some movement at the takeoff zone, it's Kelly Slater grabbing rail, a clean entry. This thing holding open, it spits. Uh, when it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit, spits him out. Comes out after the spit, gets spat out of another good looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. It is the season to be. Yeah, guy. <laughs> yeah, guy. What's up, bro? Uh, it's welcome. almost. It's almost the season. It's November thirtieth. So close. Yeah. Oh, you mean it's not the season yet? Well, I got a tree yesterday. I was going to ask you though. What is your timeline? Do you? Do you put lights up on the house? Do you get a tree still when the kids aren't aren't in the house? How does this all work now? Okay, well, real quick, I'll tell you that um, 
the timeline is completely based on my wife whatever she wants me to do i yeah. uh, just go yes honey yes dear and it makes life simple because uh, life's about compromise and so to answer your question in detail we have i'm looking at our lights right now we have lights on our house we have lights on our bushes we have lights in our front yard we don't have a tree up yet but the inside of the house is also decorated much of this due to the fact that um my daughter and her boyfriend here in town so we got it okay. all spruced up for them so do you do the work or do you hire somebody yeah. i and my wife and i do the outside lights and no i don't hire anybody no 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 um that's part of the joy right is um doing it you know putting it up spending time listening to carols as you put up the uh, drinking your ag1 as you put up your christmas lights i mean come on ag1 <laughs> is a very cheery color it's a christmas tradition um well, I, that was exactly what I wanted to hear you say was that is part of the joy because I feel it with having a young one in the house, but I just figure I would think it'd be easy once kids aren't in the house to kind of uh, not go through the hassle, but the hassle is the joy. You know what I mean? Like if you just become, if you avoid all of those once a year hassles, you just become lethargic and you don't have any joy in your life. You're just sitting around and Christmas is no different than any other day, I suppose. Well, hassle is the joy is pretty much boiled down life. Like that's life. Uh, if you want the secret to life, hard work, Reach. hassle, it's the journey. And um, because I've spent 57 years trying to perfect slothdom and I've, and I have perfected it. And there's no, there's no carrot at the end of the uh, tunnel, you know, speaking of which I've been surfing lately um, with a full wetsuit, a four, three and booties. And I even wore a hood the other day, man, nothing tells me that I'm out of shape, like putting on all of that gear and trying to surf. No I'm joke. Completely. And speaking of waist size and real water sports, I think I put 34 down, but I think that might've been hopeful because yeah, I know I'm telling you, there's a lot of sourdough going on down here. So my point is, is that I am reaching early for my new year's resolution and you know what happened with COVID and I hope maybe the listeners can relate to this, but I was in pretty damn good shape. In fact, I had joined another gym like two months before COVID I had joined orange theory fitness so i was going to yoga doing orange theory just kind of getting involved in my um, fitness regime and then COVID hit and everything stopped and um, i didn't go to yoga studios because you know was, i didn't we didn't want to be around people and get sick and i have not yet reinstituted that and i need to get back involved and um, i'm seriously thinking about um, going back into the yoga studio so surfing is not enough to not, stay fit at this point. Not even. I Remember when it was? It was for I decades. I know, but I'm like just duck diving. Like I'm just, I think yoga, you know, you're kind of like lifting your own body weight a lot of times. Yeah. I just, and it's, it's relatively easy on an older person, which frankly I am. My life, it's so weird getting older and being a surfer or trying to remain in the surf. It's, it's definitely difficult. I mean, I see friends of mine just falling off. Like, like when you're the oldest guy in the water, it's pretty weird. 
And part of it, part of the reason they're falling off is it's emotionally traumatizing to not be able to perform at the level that you always used to perform at. And so it's discouraging and you just yeah. find yourself like blowing it off a little bit more here and there until you're not doing it anymore. And I will say that, you know, I, I rode longboards for a long time as a young 20 year old surfer. And it's so great to have that um, technique and that that vehicle at my beck and call because it helps me stay in the water. And it's something that I can do. Like if, if you were just a shortboarder and you never rode a longboard and then you turned 55 and the waves are three foot and it looks fun, but it's not good enough for a shortboard and you're not comfortable on a longboard, your days are numbered. Totally. Yeah. Completely. Um, well, an, in addition to yoga, I agree with everything you're saying about yoga and that has served me well for probably 15 years, kind of off and on off currently. But um, another thing that people preach to me is that Pilates is actually a better, equally as good, if not better, uh, preparation cross-training for surfing. Because I think there's more strength training yeah. element involved in it, but it still has all the same stretching, you know? Maybe I should look into that because I'm actively looking at studios to join, yeah. get involved in. Yeah. Well, at least go take a class just to figure it out. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, it brings us to Chris, Rain, our friend Rainbow from New Zealand, who sent me an email and said, yeah, he's still here. He's still listening. Good. And he's still um, making fun of us, probably under his breath, as he should. And uh, but he's foiling. He's riding a foil. No which way. is a, That's a big step. It's a pretty big learning curve. But I think once you're up and doing it, now, Southern California, I don't think is great for foiling. I could be wrong, but I do have friends that foil and there's sort of like limited spots where you can go, you know? There's, I think there are plenty of them. You and I just aren't looking at the ocean with those eyes. Right. But if you, once you are on the foil, you start seeing all those spots. And the great thing is they're different than the surf spots and there is nobody out. So it's almost, I think that's so much of the draw. Um I mean, learning is so much of the draw, you know, and with surfing, you get to a point where your body kind of limits your progression and your, uh, being able to achieve what you want to achieve in it. And so I think just finding something new that you're learning at that is fresh and exciting is probably half the battle. Then I started thinking, is there such a thing as kneeboard foiling or like boogie board foiling where you just, you stay down on your stomach, but you get lifted higher up into the air off of the, you know, the, the mast, yeah. you know? And, well, when, uh, when Laird invented it, it was the air chair. He sat in it. Yeah. Remember that? Wow. See, which, which seems stuck like with that, he should have stuck with <laughs> sitting down and he could just make a cozier and cozier chair as he got better at it. So eventually he's in like a lazy boy recliner. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like I'm, I'm I, I sense that foiling on your stomach might be kind of cool like you're just fully down and flying you know you're not above it all yeah. you're kind of right there with the mojo i think that makes sense you it's less dangerous too if that hatchet flips over or you wipe out you're not you know on the same axis as it you're lower than it yeah anyway maybe who knows i mean that could be the new thing so let me go back to you feeling uh out of shape when you're all in all your rubber yeah is it is it a problem of getting to your feet or is it just like uh tiring out from paddling 
It's kind of both. It's a little bit of yeah. both. You know, it's kind of everything. You just notice everything on a, you know, your, I, I notice my deficiencies on a much grander scale, you know, yeah. duck diving, getting to my feet, trying to ride, you know, a five, 10 fish. Um, I, you know, I also have, I have a real problem with booties. I have, yeah, you do. And you always have, I know. And it's crazy. I, and you know, my feet get cold and I can't surf when my feet are cold. Yeah. So anyway, nobody um, cares. Nobody cares. Uh, the cold winter air sometimes I think that has to do with it as well. Like I feel more winded, you know what I mean? Like I'm not as, um, I don't know, loose and warm. Yeah. Yeah. You just feel like I'll come up from duck dives and I just, I think the winded has to do also with wearing the thicker rubber, but I think it does have to do with the crispness and briskness of the air too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm, you know, searching for i'm still i'm still i'm not giving up you know what i mean i'm yeah of plus course. i got a trip to indo in june so i'm trying to get in shape for that and uh who knows you know um, i will say I this gonna... a wise man once told me you shouldn't surf in water temperature that's that's colder than your age i remember you saying that i think that's a pretty wise thing <laughs> i think it is too you all old to surfers have to move to warm water totally florida here you come <laughs> no <laughs> I don't think um, Florida is the answer, although it makes sense fiscally. Yeah. Uh, by the way, how have the waves been down there? They've been kind of pumping here. Yeah, it's been okay. You know, it's we've had some weird south winds, but um, no, we've had plenty of good surf, and the water hasn't been that cold. It's just recently the air temp this last couple of days has yeah has gotten down pretty chilly in the early morning, and uh, but yeah, the waves are fun. The waves have been okay. You know, waves have been like through Thanksgiving. Uh, waves are like head high and offshore, like kind of ideal groomed fall conditions. You know, I was thinking about San Diego yesterday. I was looking at the waves and the bottom line is, is that if you live in San Diego and what happens is if you're a good surfer, you end up realizing that blacks is the best wave in San Diego. There's just no doubt about it. And so what happens, and this happened for me and it happens for many, many people that I know is that you spend your 20s basically surfing blacks like you don't even go anywhere else blacks is always three or four times better yeah. as far as power speed everything even if it's shitty it's better than Cardiff or del mar or la jolla shores or whatever and um you end up spending your 20s and and then you have a family you get a job blah 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 and you just don't go to blacks anymore because you just don't have the time you're just not there's other things that start to creep into your life and blacks is the wave. Like I'm blown away when I see 20 year olds and I'm like, I see kids at Seaside Reef. I'm like, dude, you should be a blacks. Like yeah. the really good surfers in San Diego that are between 20 and 30 years old are at blacks every single day. Yeah. Like I said, that's what I did. And that's what almost all of my peer group did. And um, I bring well, that you're up taking because it- blacks is such a great workout too. You know, like oh, just yeah. going up and down the trail and, Anyway. That's the thing. The amount of effort to kind of get there is the reason why the kid at Seaside probably isn't going either. They're not basing they're their life. Yeah. Well, they're <laughs> not basing their life around surfing. Maybe they got to get to work in an hour. <laughs> That's true. Um, that brings well, up a whole nother issue. Like 
How can you What's be 20 that? years old and not basing your entire life around <laughs> surfing? I because they're I'm, smart. I'm just like neat. I was just horribly self-centered and perhaps probably still am on many levels. But everything revolved around going surfing. Do you regret designing your life that way? No, no, no. I don't have any regrets. You know, um, things are working out exactly the way that they're supposed to. As long as I take my hands off of the steering wheel and don't try to control it, things seem to work out pretty good. Well, this was um, a part of my conversation with Matt Warshaw last week because he's 62. Yes. He, he obviously moved up to Seattle. I sense that he's giving it. He, give, he gave up. That's the sense he, I get. Yes, he, he did. But what was interesting about it, because we've heard that story a lot from people who certainly aren't doing it uh, like they were when they were 20, like you're talking about, but they have a lot of uh, animosity about it, not animosity, but like um, anxiety about it. Yeah. Like they, exactly. They feel (laughs) just like they still identify as a surfer and there's still some part of them is holding on to that past, even though they're clearly walking in a different direction, which is away from the beach. And so they feel FOMO every single day of their life. Yes. War. So what's interesting about Warshaw is he absolutely does not feel any of that and embraces not feeling it. So he's like, yes, I loved this thing intensely until I was 50, whatever. And even when I turned 50, if you told me I wouldn't love it as intensely as I did then in 10 years from now, I would not have believed you because I loved it intensely for four decades, but I don't anymore. And when we we surfed together, when he was here and he got a couple good waves and I'm like, yeah, but doesn't that revitalize your stoke and make you want to then do this more frequently? He's like, absolutely not. It just reminds me of something that I loved intensely at one point. And I'm glad that I got to revisit it right now, but no, I'm not going to rearrange next week to try to do it again. And what's funny is he's explaining that to me on air and I'm just fighting him every step of the way. I'm like, yeah, but I am too, right? What now. if internally yeah. I'm like, yeah, so go ahead. I'm like, yeah, but what if you what if you had really good waves? You know, you you probably felt that way because you got crappier and crappier waves as you get older. What if you were like in Indo, you know, or whatever? He's like, no, I just don't I, I don't feel that anymore. I just don't love it anymore the way that I used to. And he kept restating it over and over and I fought him throughout. But then we've gotten emails from people and we're copied on the emails and somebody saying, yeah, but I used to feel that, or I thought I felt your way, Matt, until I then went on a surf trip and I revitalized everything. And now I'm surfing again, blah, blah, blah. And Matt just types back. He's like, no, you don't realize I fully understand what you're saying, but I am not deluding myself. I am actualized. I understand. And I'm choosing this other thing. And his other thing, by the way, is um, he feels that level of passion for archiving surf history. EOS is his passion. He's like, I wake up every day and I'm excited to do the work. I can't get enough of it done every day. I'm thrilled to get up tomorrow and do it. And that's how I used to feel about the act of surfing itself. Well, that's interesting. It's very interesting. And I, and I honor Matt's um, the way Matt feels about it. And I, and I believe him, but yeah, but <laughs> let me start off by saying, yeah, but uh, you know, it's funny how, what silo you put the surfing experience in, you know, and a lot of times I put it in the, it's me communing with nature. 
Yeah. And especially as I get older, you know, I just like to get my hair wet, howl around, feel the energy, feel the spirit of the universe. And I would suggest to you that waking up and cataloging surf history is not the same. Now, if Matt said, yeah, but I go up into the, you know, the mountains in Seattle, there's, you know, whatever, you know, wherever he goes, you know, and I fly fish or I go snow hiking or, you know, and I commune with nature in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't so know what he's. I can't I say that. And again, I can't speak for Matt, but, um, you know, so it's like, do I miss fighting with 30, 20 year olds at Seaside Reef for a three foot shitty wave and trying to like get my picture taken and have all of that ego? No, I don't. I'm, I avoid that like the plague. And I, you know, so, or do we miss that side of it? You know, like, is Matt missing that? Of course he's not, you know, yeah. but you know, so, well, and I, do, I, I would suggest to you that like, if you lived in Puerto Rico or you lived in Indo and you had a really great wave in front of you, part of your morning routine would probably be, yeah, I'm going to go get wet just as I would go for a snowshoe hike in Seattle or whatever he does. You know, like totally. So yeah. The, the one thing that he did admit to along those lines is that getting in the water and body surfing just crappy wherever you're at in the world you can always get in the water and body surf he's like that brings me as much joy as the waves that we caught that given day because he said the next or thanksgiving morning i think it was when he was in manhattan beach and it was cold he did go out with a wetsuit and just body surf a couple and he got a little vision of a tube and he's like gosh that's as good as it gets kind of so he does still i think feel the draw to commune with nature and i'm not sure how he gets it when he's in seattle landlocked yeah but well but it's all interesting it is very interesting you know? and i because my argument to him was um i deviate away from surfing at times you know like certainly this past year with having a kid there's life circumstances that get in the way but in my head i'm always there's a magnetic and gravitational pull that is the ocean and I always know that I'm going to come back to that. And any deviation is temporary. Um, and so, and maybe maybe that's actually diluted and it's not going to be true. And there will always be things that keep me away. But I still, my identity is so connected to being near the ocean and dipping into it regularly. You know, like I yeah. can't imagine a different identity. Yeah. It's, it, I, and I would suggest to you that it's it's liberating to not have your identity connected to it you know like a like i actually cringe when like people in my family go you know i meet somebody and they go oh you're the surfer you know and i go oh fuck yeah yeah okay i guess i am i unfortunately i guess that's how i framed my life for 40 years but really no i'm you know scott who likes to read these books and plays guitar and goes surfing and plays golf and you know like i i don't like that silo for whatever reason I guess I'm embarrassed by it. I think there are some. I, I feel a little bit of that cringe like, too. Yeah, I get the cringe. You know, I'm like, eh. but you know, here I am wearing a freaking lightning bolt hat, and you know, I, <laughs> I've got, I'm wearing the, the armor. Unfortunately, I guess, but, and also yeah. I work in this field. You know, this is my industry, so it's kind of. But yeah, I, you know, when Matt Matt's, I think Matt's divorced himself from sort of the drama of being a surfer in Southern California, which is great. And which isn't worth the effort, quite frankly, when you're 50 years old, you know? Yeah. 
And and Matt isn't, I think he'll tell you he's not a guy that's a longboarder. Like Matt's a guy that wants no, to ride not. a shortboard and stick his arm in the wave and just do like a, a friggin' Mongol tube stance and just get, you know, he's a really good tube rider. And there just isn't that availability to him. Well, I think you identified something is his uh, divorcing himself from it is such a healthier way to live your daily life and be uh, present with your family than the FOMO mentality that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. So I think he's, he's figured it out. I think he has, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it's only for him. You know what I mean? Like, I still love waking up and looking at the surf and trying to, and I love trying to hunt down the little peak, you know, at the, at the whatever spot early in the morning before anyone's on it. And I'm, and I get a lot out of that and I get excited. You know, I, I'm still like that. Like when I see a winter swell on the horizon, I still get really excited. And, and I know a lot of us do. And um, and so there's a fine line between yeah. that and uh, having, well, that be, having that be a, a ball and chain. He kept restating that. Um, he's like, this is just my thing, my journey. I'm not at, yeah. advocating it for anybody else. I think if you, yeah. you know, he's like, but I'm just trying to explain to you. Mine well, is it's different funny how much angst we get when we hear a, a surfer I know. leave. When he leaves, you're, you're like, dude, if you leave, that means that I might leave. So please don't leave because even though I don't want you to surf where I'm surfing, I need you in the tribe because if everyone leaves, that means maybe it's okay to leave. And, I, you know, there's like I, that weird sort of subconscious thing. I absolutely was checking in with him to try to chart my own path as well or to understand where I fit on that path. But additionally and separately than that, I think that when you love, when you have a friend and you love your friend and you see them making bad decisions, <laughs> you want, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. want to check in with them. Like, Hey man, it seems like you're drinking a fair bit or, Hey, you're flirting with that girl. Does your wife know about, you know, whatever it happens to be. And so I think that's where that fell for me, which was, Hey Matt, it's cool if you want to dilute yourself a little while, but just feel free to come back and revisit your passion you know yeah Uh, but anyway anyways um there's a couple of things we need to you know it would be fun is if we got matt on the friggin spit travel trip thing you know that would be really cool well i was thinking about beyond that like we absolutely need to do the listener trip but i was thinking we should just do a company trip at some point as well yeah matt would cringe actually now that i think about it he would cringe at a listener trip but a company trip. A company trip. That would be cool. We should do a company trip for sure. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, Who would we get? Would Chaz come? Uh, yeah. Me, I mean, I don't know. He'd be invited, but yeah. I've never surfed with him. And we were in Florida once for the Florida Surf Film Festival. And the waves were fun. Like at New Smyrna, totally peaky, totally fun. Derek Hind was surfing with us and everything. Yeah. And Chaz didn't even paddle out. Hmm. Well, so who would, be, who would like, be invited on the company trip? You, people, Matt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you Matt and the photographer. <laughs> exactly. That's horrible. No, but we have a couple of like, uh, I don't know, recurring guests that I would throw an invite out to like yeah. Jamie Brissick and yeah, that would be cool. People. Jamie's fun. I've surfed with Jamie and Matt actually at the wave pool, Kelly Slater's wave pool. That's you right. were there. That's Weren't right. Yeah. yeah. Yes, indeedy. That um, would actually be, so now it's starting to sound like we do like a, um, like a podcast forum, like a, a group of podcasters get together and go on a trip together. That'd be, and we can That'd create be content cool. while we're there, which will justify the trip. 
Oh, for sure. Garen's. Yeah. You know, yeah. cause there's a bunch of guys like, like, you know, like there's the guys at, um, in Australia, right. There's a couple of guys like, oh, yeah. uh, Blakey and his partner. Yeah. And the guys in New York. Right. Yep. Yeah, totally. That would be kind of fun. Totally. Anyway. Uh, podcast summit. It's now you're hurting um, cats. Good luck. Yeah, it's become a bigger thing. Uh, well, in kind of content creation world and as it relates to sourdough, I saw somebody, Skipper's Surf Review in New York. I guess he's in Brooklyn, New York, and he re- reviews surfboards on Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he tagged us in something last night. And I'm like, oh, what what is this? You know, pull it up and it's just two loaves of bread. <laughs> 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 he's trying to, uh, I thought that it would be surfing related. Turns out people are also following your sourdough recipes. So you're having an influence on people. Well, if these are his loaves and I'm looking at them right now, they're beautiful. He's got the beautiful one, loaves and they've got, looks like they've got some seeds. Oh man, maybe it's his wife. Maybe the one. Oh, that you, I'm jealous. She just cut into the beautiful sourdough loaf. The two that you sent me a photo of a week or two ago were as perfect as any sourdough I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I have searched the world. I've searched the world's bakeries for the finest breads. Yeah. And uh, yours looked every bit as good. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you're killing it. Um, we also want to make sure we remind people it's the final day to get in on the Fireball Fish giveaway. Dennis Jarvis, who um, I was supposed to have on Surf Splendor, but he is not only hard to pin down, he's actually opening an art gallery in Manhattan beach. I think like within the next week. So that has him additionally busy. Oh, yeah, so I haven't, sure. I haven't been able to connect with him to give the full breakdown on the board's design, but the fireball fish is a Ferrari, um, really interesting design. And, uh, and I don't have one. I want one. It's an incredible surfboard and we're giving one away on December 1st, which is tomorrow. So this is kind of a benefit of all of the people who support our podcast at five bucks a month. Um, it's kind of the foundation of our business and we do these surfboard giveaways as a thank you. So we'll pick one random name on December 1st. If you already contribute to the podcast, you're automatically entered to win. If you don't, but you want to get in, Send in, go to surfsplendorpodcast.com, sign up, and then um, before midnight Pacific Standard Time, and then you will be entered to win. And entered to win for next month as well, because we're doing another one next month. Well, look, do the right thing. Support and potentially win a Dennis Jarvis Fireball Fish. Custom made. Kind of a no-brainer. Custom made to your specs. Yeah. So it looks like you just got a new board too. Oh my God. I got, yeah. I, so I got a brand new um, saber from Ryan Sakel. It's basically an exact replica. Okay. Of the one that I've been riding for a few years. It was just time to get an you know, upgrade. And uh, I got a new one and he did a killer job. He nailed it. It's an exact replica, except I think it's better because it's got a little bit more of a performance tucked edge, just slight. It's got like a slightly faster rail. It feels mm. like I've only ridden it once and the ways are kind of crappy yesterday, but, and I was struggling as previously mentioned, but, um, I got a few that I went immediately. I went, Oh yeah. And of course I put the C drive, the NVS fins with the C drive twin fin with the wide base and the kind of cutout C and a, a little narrow tip, the C drive twin fins, um, in the apex material. Um, yeah. So I'm stoked. Yeah. And I got a new 
Stu Kenson on the way. It's like a uh, kind of like a round board or a fun board or mid length, if you will, but it's a twinser. So it's going to be a round tail with the two little kind of side bites in front of the twin fins. And I haven't yep. seen that yet, but I'm excited about the potential of that. I've got a new Wayne Rich. That's the lightest board. I've this board's probably like six and a half pounds and it's eight feet, two inches long. What really narrow. I mean, it's really light. Like the, the guys at I think 619 glassing did it, but man, it's, they did a good job. And, uh, or is it 609? I don't know. I don't want to butcher it. I apologize. I'm probably butchering it, but 609. Anyway, God, I wish I, who knows. <laughs> I apologize. But anyway, whoever did the glass job, they nailed it. Um, let me ask you the cycle that you posted on Instagram had cool color work on the deck yeah do you dictate color at all or do you just leave it up to the shaper or the laminator i mean sometimes people go what color and i go i don't know orange you know and they'll do now that one in particular was sprayed by peter st pierre who's and i mean peter's been spraying my boards for 37 years so peter just knows like when he sees a board he just knows oh scott likes orange you know i don't have to say anything and then then i let peter just use his you know do his fun thing and so orange orange is a common color though that you use yes because it sticks out it contrasts with the blue or the gray or the green water for for photography yeah and if you get the same color board your wife often doesn't know you got a new board not that i'm condoning being dishonest or manipulative because i'm not my wife knows about every single one of my new boards because it's my business and uh, but yeah, orange, orange. Got is it. Good. I never, I never um, dictate color work. Like I'd prefer no color. I think generally, yeah. or I think I want to be cool and just be like, no, nah, transparent's perfect. I don't need anything special. But then if somebody does something cool, I'm always psyched. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah. I never dictate it. But I saw that and I was wondering if it was your own creativity that you were trying to express. No, I'm not creative. Okay. My wife dresses me in the morning. I barely know. I'm yeah. Aesthetics okay. is not my forte. Well, uh, as it relates to the surf world, there is swell kind of pumping. Hawaii has started to go off, which feels I love this time of year. I love seeing stuff come out of Hawaii. NorCal went nuts. Uh, there was a Mavericks day or two. Yep. Ocean Beach was proper. Yeah. Nazare has had a couple of days. So it's Portugal. lighting up. Yeah. I know. Right. And you know where else? Fiji. Right. Fiji's, oh, been, really? kind of, Fiji's been kind of pumping. Yeah. So, yeah, we've had a lot of different places where there's been swell. It's been one of those things where there was like a lot of late season south swell. And then all of a sudden the North Pacific fired up. And of course, the North Atlantic has been bombing they've had double xl swells already and so in a la nina year you think okay is this sort of the first burst of energy and it's just going to settle down and we're going to get those hideous high pressure blobs that push everything away and force the low pressures onto like areas of land masses where there's not a lot of swell production that doesn't seem to be the case in the atlantic um and i'm not a an expert. I'm not a trained forecaster. I yield often to my friend, Mark Sponsler at Storm Surf. He seems to really know his stuff. And, um, but yeah, there's been some exciting swells. Like you say, opening day at Mavericks, if you want to say that, I'm sure some of the Mavericks purists wouldn't call it quite big enough, but 
Um, I saw Jojo Roper posted some stuff and, um, you know, it's exciting. It isn't, ex- and it, what's funny too, is that I, I find myself watching the Holly Evo event, you know, and I'm, and it's just a QS, but it's just in my blood to yeah. this time of year, go to Hawaii and see what's happening. And, and, you know, watch the Lonnie Akea cam on Surfline and go, oh man, I should book a ticket. <laughs> you know, well, and the thing is that I see these guys ripping on these shorter boards and I'm, and it, and it kind of brings me back to what we opened with is I want to get back to riding shorter boards if I can. It's difficult here in California with the crowd factor, but. Um, guys well, are, if the waves, if the waves are good enough, it's the right board and. Yeah. It'll be, well, it'll I mean, be a, a no, breaks, it'll be a no brainer you can go to some relatively empty beach breaks it's a no-brainer to ride a, a 6.2 or a 6.6 or whatever yeah well um yeah i agree with you seeing hawaii starting to turn on is i mean it's as much of an indicator as the change of the seasons as the leaves changing or us getting rain here in southern california and unfortunately in recent years you and i haven't been able to travel and make that part of our um, part of our own personal, you know, surf experience, but it is great seeing the clips start to filter through. And one John John Florence dropped a clip on his YouTube. It was called the day after uh, the day before yesterday, and it was Sunday, so three days ago. And it was basically one day of surfing, and he just reigns freaking supreme. <laughs> you know, like, like I mean, we were talking about him managing his profile by holding clips you know the gravity the uh, main film piece that he just dropped yeah was from last winter so those are clips that are a year old that are curated they took time to put together a proper film and we were praising him for that but then he follows it up with just oh no here's one random day of surfing from sunday and it's really almost as uh impactful you know, and it's so much better than any other clips that came out. And it was big, like there's clips in there of Ayukai that are that's triple overhead. It just looks treacherous to you and I. You know, yeah. I would just be freaked out. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if I'd go on a wave out there, but he just plays with it. He's just taking off late, somehow gets in early on some of them, just parks it, does big old check turns to park it in the tube and the tubes double overhead and draining. Wow. It's I like, love that. it's so sick. Yeah. You know, the check turn to the park might be the most underrated sort of combo move. And, you know, and you know, who did the great one was Steph Gilmore. Remember at Karamas, she did yeah. like the check turn to park. And the check turn to park is epic, right? I mean, think about that. That's the check turn to park. Sounds like it could be maybe be made into a t-shirt somehow. I, I don't have that much confidence and comfort on, on the wave. You know what I mean? Like I'm always second guessing. You have to know exactly, you have to know the spot really, really well to feel confident to do that. Yeah, for sure. And you know, the thing about John John is he puts out clips, as you mentioned, that are just mind blowing. Sometimes you get the feeling that guys are like, okay, I just put out an edit and it took them like four and a half weeks. John John's like, go on surfing, put out an edit tonight. Don't even need to worry about the edit. It's going to be insane. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. You know, like, yeah. Nathan's like well, that too. Like they, they can just, whereas, you, you know, you sense that other guys of lesser import are, you know, it's taking them longer. They're, yeah. they're, they need to get more clips before they can get their three minute thing going. Well, um, 
back to the check turn. Yeah. There was one, the reason why I think I'm, it stuck in my mind was there was one that he does on a real kind of double up section that he missed times and he ends up going over the handlebars and then tries to kind of body surf, but I think he gets sucked over the falls. And it was a wave that is super treacherous, you know, like that exact section on the wave would have paralyzed me if I would have eaten <laughs> it right there. But yeah. the way that he just makes it so playful is what's crazy, you know, because it is his backyard and he's that comfortable out there, but there's a playfulness that is exhibited in his surfing in waves of consequence that you see other people just really panicked in the exact same situation. And that I think is uh, what kind of puts him in a different class. Well, he's next level. And we're looking forward to seeing what happens this season on the CT. Um, unfortunately, he won't be able to go to G-Land this year because they don't have that. But uh, as you mentioned, you know, so I've been watching the Haleiwa event. I've been watching some men's and women's sort of on the back burner as I do work. And um, I mean, it looks like the next, like this event could finish up by Friday. Yeah, I mean the way these swells are lining up, and they're and they're west swells, which is perfect for Haleiwa. That Haleiwa likes the west. How do you feel about the surfing you've seen? Uh, I saw some pretty insane surfing. I and I saw some just kind of ho hum stuff too. Um, I saw great surfing from uh, the Tahitian guy Kalu Vost. Ka, oh yeah, Ka'ulu, Kalui. Kalui Vost. Yeah, he absolutely killed a wave yesterday. I think he got a nine on it. It was next level three back to back vertical. It was just one of those waves and the and sort of the the mojo that he put on the wave was like, I can handle any juice the Pacific Ocean gives me because I live in Tahiti. You know what I mean? Where Got it. California kids like 14 check turns and maybe I'll try to get the board on rail. And college is like ding, 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 just yeah. tagging it at full throttle, straight up, backside of Haliva, he's nailing it um alan well, cleland jr looked really good um, he's amazing i'm a big fan i'd love to see him well he would he's, just i don't know if he's gonna have the competitive mojo to do well on the ct he might be able to linger in the middle tier but he's a quicksilver phenomenon quicksilver just released a new edit called saturn and there's three surfers that it profiles and he's one of them and i agree with you i I had seen a clip, a couple of clips of him here and there previously, yeah. but watching him in that, I was like, dude, the kid's legit. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know what you want to see is Quicksilver just like, I'd love to just see them focus on him at his home break. And, and, you know, like that's, you know, he's born and bred at that spot. It's just, you know, I don't think there's maybe one other guy that's got it as dialed as him. And that's, um, Brian, um, what's Brian's last name from Solana Beach again? I'm not sure. Conley. Oh, Brian, Con Conley. Brian Conley. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, I hope that I, I, I look forward to watching. I hope Alan Cleland wins this event. I want to see him in the, in the, the Billabong pipeline event. I want to see him get on the CT. He's like a hometown kid, much like, even though he's not a hometown kid, but I know, was, I knew his dad. I haven't seen his dad in probably 25 years, but. I knew his dad from my days when I used to go down there to mainland Mexico and surf that wave. And, and his dad's from Coronado. And so we've got some San Diego connections. So there's this, I'm pulling for Alan Cleland Jr. to make the CT and, and to root for him much like I root for, um, you know, other people from San Diego. Jake, Jake Marshall. Yeah, Jake, yeah, Jake exactly. 
Um, well, the reason why I asked you how, what you thought of the surfing, I was kind of watching on and off yesterday, the event, and there's no bigger disparity between Hawaiian surf, you know, the surfers who know the spot and the surfers who don't than in Hawaii. Like if you just watch in a random event in Brazil, the Sakurama event, there's not that huge of a margin between the good surfers and the bad surfers yeah, uh, or the less good surfers, but because everybody can kind of surf the mushy backwashy beach break, but man, people look so out of sorts at Haleiwa. And like you said, doing multiple check turns or just not knowing where to fit the turn into the wave. Um, Eli Hanneman, I saw his heat and he's a young kid, but is just clearly so confident in stick a bottom turn and that'll project you right up into the lip, you know, and then make sure you're on rail for that portion. And his surfing is just so seamless out there and it's perfectly timed. And um, it's refreshing to see because I watched three or four heats where everybody was out of sorts and nobody could put together a six point ride, you know? Well, I watched that heat too. And and actually there was some real standouts in that heat. Three of those surfers, Levi Slauson just didn't capitalize on his last wave, but Levi, Levi Slauson looked really great. He got, you know, He's... a seven. He didn't get through the heat. And then you mentioned Eli who ripped, but the other guy that's Cheyenne Crawford, the other Hawaiian, as you mentioned, who looked super comfortable listening to Ross Williams in the heat, um, talk about how he's this big kind of lanky, powerful surfer. He absolutely went above the lip, busting out his fins on crucial session uh, se sections in that toilet bowl area there at the inside of Hollywood. So yeah, there's certain heats where you're like, wow, the Hawaiians are going Richter and they are. And then there's certain heats where you're like, okay, these two dudes from New Zealand and the guy from Australia and the guy from Orange County aren't really cutting it. No. Um, Peter King posted an Instagram clip just before the start of this event. I think the clip was kind of to advertise the fact that John John is returning to competition at this event, but yeah. it was a, it was a session of John John's from Haleiwa last year. It was like three or four clips from one session. It was, I would argue, the single best session at Haleiwa anyone has ever had. John John was just annihilating, like those huge rail turns, big airs, blowing the fins out, crazy barrel rides, just in the perfect position at every moment on the ride. And it really made you realize, like, he's the guy to beat. I mean, not only, certainly at Pipe, maybe even at sunset right alongside Jack Robinson, but at Haleiwa as well. He's got it so dialed. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, you're absolutely right. How the, the Hawaiians and the Hawaiian surf, they just shine. And of course there's a few anomalies guys that, that rip whatever, but it makes me think like we were talking about Netflix potentially buying WSL and how that thing kind of got flushed through and didn't work out. But if you were to wipe the slate clean, as you and I've discussed many times, wouldn't it be ideal to just have a big sponsor, whoever it is, let's just say it's Netflix, come in and go, look, we don't even care about the rest of the world. We're going to have a series in Hawaii. There's going to be, let's call it six events, maybe five events. I know there's some permitting issues, but we're going to get through that with our millions. And we're just going to have an event at Haleiwa, event at Pipe, event at Sunset. And may, let's try to figure out another way to do one at Laniakea. whose public won't be allowed. Or, you know, maybe there's another spot. Um, why and let's just let's just crown a Hawaiian champion. 
and yeah. have a series around that, you know, have a Netflix series around that. That'd be insane. And I think it would be pretty insane. Um, I think you'd have to do it live, which causes some problems. Of course, you could repackage it uh, into something, but. Well, I think this is probably stating the obvious, but the reason why Hawaii is the epicenter of the surf world is that that this uh, if you're born and raised there if you are develop your talent in those waters it translates to all other waters on the planet and the same cannot be said for anywhere else sure australia has great waves and if you are a great surfer there mick fanning you can then come and win events at trestles you could win events in fiji you could win events maybe in hawaii but it doesn't overarchingly like translate in the same way and again gabriel medina whoever brazilian surfers who learn in brazilian surf can translate those skills to other waves but it's not the same thing you know like hawaii surfers everything if you can figure out how to surf the north shore and be dominant there everything else is kind of easy by comparison and it's the same with tahiti and it's this weird thing where it's like Let's make the greatest surfers in the greatest waves in the world go have to surf shitty waves to be world champions. It's like, what? Right. It kind of doesn't make sense. It doesn't you make any I mean? sense. Like, so I totally agree with what you're saying. And, um, you know, the thing with Tahiti is like, you can uh, be comfortable in any waves on the planet once you're comfortable in Tahiti, but there's not as much it's variety. As of, it's not quite as deep water vibe you know um, totally and it's not also not nearly as much variety of surf as there is on the north shore so if you find yourself on tour and you're surfing trestles you're probably not super equipped to dominate at trestles whereas john john has had you know he's surfed Hollywood, he's surfed rocky point he's learned all of that that he can apply at trestles and again I i think the netflix creators would go look let's not reinvent the wheel when they first started broadcasting surfing on TV in the 70s on NBC, what did they do? They go, we want Pipeline and Sunset Beach for NBC or ABC's Wide World of Sports. And, you know, we're going to have Bruce Jenner there shoving the mic in front of G- with Jim McKay, and they're going to be talking to Jeff Hackman or what. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. That's kind of it. Like, we tried to expand on this thing, and let's just bring it back to five events in Hawaii and, and crown a Hawaiian champion. We know Mount Everest exists. Exactly. Is the pinnacle. It would be stupid to now go film at a rock climbing wall in Orange County on an indoor. <laughs> or a I rock mean, climbing that, wall in Lemoore. That, well, that's the exact, yeah, exact <laughs> analogy. I mean, it's in, it's in, Netflix would laugh at you. And oh, then yeah. you go, you go, yeah, but Mount Everest is uh, treacherous and people die and it's hard to get cameras there and all the crew and all that. The rock climbing wall in Orange County, we got air conditioning, we got electricity we can plug straight into. It's yeah. so much easier. We and we can plan bimbo in blondes, advance. Both male and female bimbo blondes on the show. It's going to be great. We'll put a stage and we'll get a Bruce Buffer character to announce <laughs> who's going to climb against one another on the uh, rock wall. It makes perfect sense. Well, speaking of Mount Everest in Hawaii, um, I'm sure you saw this, but I saw in Jamie Mitchell's feed that um, the invites for the Eddie Aikau Invitational have been oh, sent out this. for this year. Yeah. And they usually do the opening ceremonies a couple of days before the, the pipe, you know, the first week in December. 
and I'm sure that's probably what they're planning on doing. But um, the Eddie Cow again, getting its, you know, like kind of waving the flag as they do at the beginning of each winter saying, hey, we're here and we may or may not do this event. And um, David and I, I can speak for David and just say, hey, we're on wait and see mode. We'll believe it when yeah. it happens. Yeah. Well, last year, this was a talking point for two or three episodes and uh, they never ended up running and, you know, Quicksilver not being involved in the event anymore. And I was, my kind of question was who it's a hassle to organize and pull together anyways. It was always difficult because it is such a moving target. And so without the organization of, you know, that company and everybody involved, I'd be surprised if somebody else could pull it together in, in a, you know, successful fashion. And then certainly I'd be surprised if it gets broadcast and all that sort of thing. And ultimately there were a couple of days last year that potentially could have run and there was no, no even uh move to run it. Yeah. yeah. So I'd be surprised again for the same reasons. I would love to see somebody involved, um, a contest event organizer involved who put together a plan and we understood what that plan was. But other than an invite list, I haven't seen any of that. Yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. Hopefully, they'll be able to pull it together. I don't know who that person would be that would that would organize this thing. Um, I'm sure as it as the person who owns it, who I think is obviously the iCal family. Um, you know, you're looking at okay, do we just have this small little thing, or do we have a big thing where we need to broadcast this live and send out a press release and make sure that the you know, for sure the county and the city of Honolulu, the parks needs to know, you know, like there's a lot that there's a lot going on and it's yeah. kind of like, if we're going to do it, let's just do it right. And then that's where it's like, okay, we need an expert. Well, yeah, the, I would love to be honest, even though I would benefit from them streaming it live, I don't think they should, it should be roots. It should go back to the basics. The invite list matters, make sure all those people are aware in advance so that they can get there in a timely fashion. And that should be the focus. The swell and having the best big wave surfers in the world there for the swell are all that matters. But to your point, if you're going to do that, you do have to have parking sorted out, the traffic you know, uh, flow sorted out and all of that, you do have to organize with the local government. And so even at a small scale, there's logistics that have to be considered to pull it yeah. together. And yeah. so, but- by all means, don't stream it, do a roots thing for the community. I think that would be insane. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I start to think about Netflix and I'm like, sort of going back to what moving slightly off of the Eddie event. I'm wondering, like, could you get buy in from the local politicians, from the local, from the county, from the city, from the community? If you're like, look, we're going to do this Hawaiian thing. And what are you going to get out of it? You may be asking, well, we're going to build the bridge at Laniakea, the go around bridge or something like that, which is highly charged. I know there's many locals that are like, that's the right. last thing we want. And um, there's probably some truth to that too, but um, you know, Netflix would be wise to, and they would of course, give back in a very meaningful way so that everyone's like, yeah, okay, we're okay with this. And I, what that means, I don't know. Right. I think a lot of people have been trying to figure out what that means for a long time. I know. It's just, it's kind of, it's, it's <laughs> almost uh, polarized. You know, it's like, 
the less the better uh, and then there's those that are well it's here anyway let's try to take advantage of it in some way and yeah i don't know thank god it's delicate be yeah isn't um didn't uh um what's his name get makua didn't makua rothman get elected to some council position or something yeah he was running for city council i don't know if he got elected or not I or i don't did. I Did think he? they mentioned it on the broadcast that I was watching. Oh, wow. Okay. Awesome. Well, good for him. I knew that he was the favored uh, candidate for sure, but I haven't been tracking it. Um, are you looking it up right now? I am. Um, well, I want to I want to discuss Nazare real quick. Did you see the incident that happened there? No, what happened in Nazare? surfer got run over by a ski really do you remember last year we were talking about this going into the winter and i was like dude there's so many valves in the water now and there's also more um like there's foils there's skis there's all sorts of different equipment and that compounded with the valves i feel like something is going to go haywire and it did this past sunday at uh at nazare so um, the swell had dropped. I'll just read this bit. Yeah. It says the swell yeah. had dropped significantly since uh, the big toe swell that we saw a couple of days prior. And so the local paddle crew, I mean, if you look at Praia Norte, that beach break is sick. There's A-frame barrels up and down the beach. And so there's a ton of people that paddle surf it, even though it's only really known or mainly known for the big wave that break right out in front of the lighthouse. Um but the paddle crew was out there, but there was still a fleet of jet skis buzzing around the lineup. And so one of the drivers ran over a surfer, broke his board in half. As far as what I could read from Instagram, the surfer seemed to be okay, but the board was split in half. And there's wow. somebody who posted it. Um, I forget the guy's name, but I'll post the footage of the broken board on the beach. I don't think the incident was uh, actually filmed in the water, but the broken board on the beach and kind of the aftermath of it. So the scenario is because this uh, big wave draws so much attention, you have these ski crews who are less qualified than let's say Garrett McNamara and Andrew Cotton and those crews. And they want to test out their abilities when the waves are smaller, but when the waves are smaller is when people are paddle surfing it, you know? And so that's where this happens. So Coco Nogales uh, chimed in on this Instagram post and he said, finally, people are speaking up. This is getting out of control. So many good days for paddle surfing this year. And I've seen so many jet skis driving around the surfers when the day is specifically meant for paddling. Okay. Hold that thought because I'm going to go deal with my dog real quick. Okay, go I've, just, I've got some thoughts. Go. Scott Bass, we got Neat Essentials, uh, USA.com. We mentioned uh, Black Friday last week, but what's great is that Neat Essentials is actually extending the holiday sale. So everything site-wide is still 20% off. If you did not take advantage of it last week, you still have time. So the code to benefit from this is, uh, I think it's 20, the number two zero and percent. So two zero, two zero P 
P-E-R-C-E-N-T is the promo code to get 20% at checkout site-wide, neatessentialsusa.com. For wetsuits and outerwear, by the way. The extension of the sale. It continues. Neatessentialsusa.com. Come on. And then also waterwaystravel.com. If you're planning to kind of catch any of this, uh, the swell activity that we've been talking about throughout this podcast, waterwaystravel.com would be a great way to do that. You know, it's a great time of year to go to like Puerto Rico. It's a great time of year to go to anywhere in Hawaii. Uh, it's a great time of year, obviously, to go to Europe. Um, oh, my God, Morocco. Mm. If, if you're a regular foot, Morocco needs to be on your bucket list. Uh, waterways Travel. They're going to take care of you. These guys are experts, and they have been for decades. Waterways Travel. That's a one-stop shop for surf travel. Yeah. Escape the weather of wherever you are. Maybe there's snow. Get out of that. Get warm weather, warm waves. I mean, that is ideal. So great way to spend the holidays. Waterwaystravel.com. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. Well, I guess my, is, is Coconut Gauss talking about Puerto or Nazareth? Nazareth. Oh, that sounds dangerous. I mean, um, you know, it's just going to be growing pains out there. You know, it's kind of new, you know, within the last 10 years as far as yeah, on, on everyone's radar. And that, with the 100-foot wave thing on HBO, it's getting more attention. And there's more people that want to be famous for riding the biggest wave in the world. And I'm kind of over Nazare from an end user standpoint, from a consumer. I'm not, you know, you and I have talked about this before, but it's kind of go, okay, another, another 100-foot wave, you know? Well... I mean, I think I if they catch a fish, like the next thing is they need to go fishing or something like they need to add something to it. Like if they just trolled while they're on the wave and they pulled in a fish, then I'd be like, <laughs> okay, I'll watch that. You know? Well, the funny thing is um, it's super exciting as a paddle beach break. Like those waves are super sick and they're as, you know, I mean, it's honestly a really world-class beach break. Uh, it's the pat, the toe end stuff that becomes redundant and not super interesting. 
And the difference between, I don't know what, the 70 foot waves that we've seen there and the 100 foot wave is kind of difficult for us to discern. So it's not that big of a draw. It's not super, it just doesn't have the impact that it did when we first started seeing it. Um, but this incident, I think is an indicator of kind of a issue that Hawaii has seen and other places have seen, which is that local city council and tourism board and all that was begging. They were drawing attention. They invited Garrett McNamara as their third choice, by the way, to come and try to ride those waves because they wanted, but now that everybody is showing up, you're going to see the aftermath of all of that. And you're probably within the next five years going to get the opposite response from the tourism board and the city council, which is we don't want any more people coming. You know, Hawaii has been <laughs> oversaturated because of all the, and they're just like, no, we don't want them anymore. And there then becomes localism and all this other stuff. And so a jet ski running over a paddle surfer who has been paddling it for you know, they've been there for a very long time, long before the skis and the tourism. A paddle surfer getting run over by a jet ski is probably the first indicator of we need to curtail this. We need to start putting in some parameters. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. We shall see how it all plays out. Um, but I don't think it's going to be good. <laughs> no. Um, I have got a kook of the week. I don't know if you have a must-see moment or anything else going on. No, lay it on me. All right. This is a, a fisherman in Huntington Beach, California this last week. When the waves were pumping, it was uh, actually two weeks oh, ago, no November this. 16th. Yeah. <laughs> this fisherman uh, hooked one Will Dobrinen. And uh, Will actually messaged me on Instagram and he said, hey, this happened on Wednesday, September 16th. I was paddling out and I got a hook caught in my wrist. So there's a bunch of fishermen that line the pier as they do on piers yeah. around the world. And yeah. there's surfers right underneath them. And it's actually shocking that this doesn't happen more frequently. Yeah. But this particular one happened on film. There was a local filmer. Uh, I think Dan Surf Cave is his Instagram. Uh -huh. Um and so Dan filmed it and posted the footage and then Will sent me the footage and message. And he said, at first, I tried to pull the hook out of my hand, but there was too much tension. So I had to rip it out with my teeth and avoid the hook. Catching my lip and make would have made the situation much worse. After this happened, I stopped being such a little whiny bitch and went out and surfed for another hour or two. So the reason he said that is in the video, he's screaming at the top of his lungs yeah. at the fisherman. Yeah. You could see him holding his hand you know, like, hey, 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 stop pulling because the fisherman's actually trying to reel it up to get the yeah. hook loose. But yeah. it's, of course, pulling the kid's Will's wrist up. So Will's shouting, please let some slack in the line so that yeah. I can take the hook out. Yeah. Um, so anyways, he, he said, after this happened, I stopped being such a little whiny bitch and went out and searched for another hour or two. Once Dan posted this, I sent it around um, and Stab actually replied back and asked if they could post it. But now it's showing up on Google, TikTok, Kook of the Day, and many other places. And then he said, David, you should really come surf the pier with us and learn to enjoy the madness. Keep up the work. Um, yeah, so Will, shout out to Will, but Kook of the Week is, of course, the fisherman who hooked him and did I'm, not did not allow slack. I guess there's just a, like, I, I, 
are is there some sort of unwritten protocol there like who has the right of way i, I thought in oceanside the fishermen had the right of way but i don't even that, know how it works to be honest with you well whether they have the right of way or not have a no, cur I some agree, courtesy but, and allow no, some slack sure, in the line sure. i think you hook that a human was, i think that that you know that guy was just an idiot like he didn't I don't think there was malice involved. I'm sure there was idiocy involved, but I don't think he was trying to reel the guy in. I don't. Yeah, I agree he with was you. An idiot. I think the guy was, I, was just an idiot. I agree with you. I'm just continually dumbfounded at the level of idiocy. Right. Like, like if you see the human being hooked, yeah. Even an idiot would know not to pull, right? I mean, yeah, we're there's some idiots out there. And the camera, thankfully, Dan, the cameraman, pans up to show the fisherman himself. And the fisherman looks at the camera and he just kind of has a smirk on his face, like, oh wow, that was crazy. Yeah. You know, but it's like, no, you should be thrown off the pier as retribution <laughs> for what you just did. Um I I told Will, and I feel like maybe I've told this story to you. But I got hooked one time, probably 15 years ago. Um, but thankfully, it was just in my knee pad of my wetsuit. So I was paddling and felt the tug. It was just like, what in the world? And then glanced back over my shoulder. And sure enough, there was a fishing line. And I had the exact same situation where I wanted to go down and unhook the fishing line and even tried to communicate to the fisherman because he was doing the same thing of tugging it, yeah. thinking it would just come loose. Yeah. And so I went to go grab it and then realized, no, it, it'll just hook into my hand. There's so much tension yeah. and pulling that oh if I God, get my, that would be horrible. if I put my fingers on the non sharp part of the hook and then he tugs it, the sharp part is liable to go into my hand. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I'm shouting like, Hey, 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 stop, stop. And then he, one of his tugs actually did just rip through the knee pad and pull it out. But I was like, what the hell whose instinct is maybe he didn't realize it was my knee and he thought it was hooked on i don't know the pier or something yeah. but it's like whose instinct is to just tug and pull it free a fisherman's <laughs> exactly a taut line you need to bring it in man apparently but if you're fishing at the pier with that many people down in the water you think you'd be a little bit more cognizant well i got some insight it looks like makuakai rothman did not win his bid for city council oh, okay apparently it was a pretty close election but uh didn't win uh it's interesting I, I can't speak obviously for the hawaiian local people um but it's interesting when you see some local quote celebrity getting involved in these things we had it here in huntington beach with tito ortiz a couple years ago where it's like they uh it's exciting and they do understand kind of the needs of the community and they seem to be kind of tapped into that and speaking for the community but the person is rarely ever qualified for the actual political requirements of the job and even the the workload probably involved in the job and so it quickly kind of turns from yeah we love this person representing our needs them being able to translate that on a meaningful level is probably very unlikely, you know? Yeah. Look, I mean, first of all, being on the city council is boring, boring, boring. <laughs> like you talk about a boring thing, you know? So you have to have a real, and I believe that Makua does have a real heart for service 
to the community, you know, but, um, does he know what that means though, in terms of sitting well, on the council? It means going to a ton of boring city council. Right. And, right. and that's, it doesn't mean like shaking hands and kissing babies, like the, you know, moving through the election process is it means, okay, reading tons of policy, understanding years and years in policy, understanding what, you know, like there's so much to it that well, it's, it, um, it's a lot. And so much of that reading to understand the policy and those, so many of those meetings are just to decide whether or not to put a stop sign up somewhere. Right. It's not all just, you know, um, who are you going to give this, the surfing contest permit to, let's say, right. which might be a little bit more engaging for Makua. It, it is a putting up a stop sign and spending eight hours of reading policy to figure out whether and, or not. And that's fielding good. calls from your staff about why this half of the community doesn't want the stop sign right. and this half does. And oh, this half, this is your, this is your uncle chemo over here and he doesn't right. want it, but aunt Betsy does want it. And all of a sudden, you know, Oh shit, here we go. Exactly. Yeah, man. Not for the faint of heart. No. But anyway, I'm stoked for McCoo. I, I think he's going to continue. It looks like I was reading that he, he's going to be on staff for a state Senator or something like that. Interesting. So he might make for a great politician at some point, who knows, you know? Well, I don't know. I don't work in politics, but what I would suggest is delegate. If Makua is a great spokesperson, he's a great figurehead and he understands the needs of the community, use that, but also delegate the kind of tedious stuff out to other staff members who are professionals and understand all of that. Yeah. I think yeah. that would be the key. Look at us, just political advisors to That's McCoy right. Rothman. Who knew? We'll, ad we'll advise on anything. Just send us a topic. <laughs> we're here for you. Oh, yeah. We're filled with uh, all sorts of great informed insight. Hey, look, David, it's been a great show. We've said a lot. Uh, until next time, adios and aloha. When the rains, that's when it all falls down. When November rains And it's all around And it seems That there's nothing left Except the dream Of the first sweet warm Morning light November rains Into your deep dark night When November rains Midnight is calling the old year is falling away When November rains It's like something is grieving Or somebody's leaving to stay When November rains And it all falls down There are you When November rains Around and it seems that there's nothing left except the dream of the first sweet warm morning light. November rains into your deep dark night. November rains. Why don't you shine your warm sun on down? November rains. Why don't you keep me warm past sun?
hand over my reins Something is ending Somebody's sending an echo When November rains It's too late for praying It's like somebody's saying don't follow When November rains That's when it all falls down There are you When November And it seems that there's nothing left Except the dream of the first sweet warm morning light November rains into your deep dark night 